going to take it. Got it! Boston wins! Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let, let's get right to it. All right, welcome into another episode of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. This is going to be uh, exclusively a college edition of, uh, of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. Uh, with the Final Four, with the National Championship in the books. And, Bob, if you can't tell, I'm wearing a, a, a Baylor Bears sweatshirt here in honor of the best team in the country this year, yeah. uh, well, that's, Baylor Bears. Before I, I, I'll get to it. Uh, for example, well, not for example, uh, are you uh, one of the people who believe that they were certainly a, a major favorite, a major contender last year? That they yeah. We could be talking about two in a row in, right. in A, and B, absent the seven, was it 17 days? Absent the, the, the hiatus, might we be talking about them being the first team since 1976 to have run the table? Absolutely. I mean, I, I listen, I remember the first time I saw this team, this kind of core group in person was a year ago, November in Myrtle Beach, and they beat <laughs> Villanova. And I fell in It wasn't the exact same team. Obviously, Adam Flagler this year was was, was new. You know, they had some new pieces, but the core was the same of, of Jared Butler, Macy O.T., uh, Mark Vidal. And I remember telling Scott Drew after the game, I thought he had something special here. And that was early on. That was back, mm-hmm. you know, right after Thanksgiving. And uh, I picked him to win it all this year. I picked him before the season. I picked him before the tournament. I just felt their guards were so dominant, Bob. And they had four of them. And they complement each other very well. They move the ball. They're very unselfish. Not that Gonzaga isn't. But I just felt like their guards as a group were better than Gonzaga's guards. And Jalen Suggs was never going to see anything like Davion Mitchell. He had never seen anything like that before. And that dude, listen, you love Marcus Smart. If you love Marcus Smart, you have to absolutely be in love with Davion Mitchell. No, no, he's, he gets your attention. There's no doubt. They, they got my attention by nine nothing when it was already over. As we learned in, in retrospect, <clears throat> the offensive rebounding. You mentioned vital. Now he's not going to play. Nobody's going to pay him to play basketball, right? Not in this country. It, not, yeah, probably not. He can't but, score. But he can't score. Once again, I'm going to say you, somebody, you bring him to camp mm. because you bring him to camp to make everybody unhappy that you brought him to camp. If you know what I mean. That's what the guys like that have a role in our basketball society. And then he goes find a, then he, he fulfills my motto, my mantra. There's a country for everybody. Yeah. There's a yeah. country for him. And, and if he wants to keep playing basketball, uh, I, I'd be wondering, it just is, you know, but boy, is he fun and useful. And, and uh, he's proved his worth as he has done many times over in that game. Yeah, it was, um, you know, watching that game, even even I was in a little bit of disbelief how dominant Baylor was. Again, I picked them to win. I thought they'd win. I, I just felt like the only thing I was worried about, honestly, was Drew Timmy and whether Baylor's bigs could could stop him. And, man, did they stop him? Because he had never seen anything like that length and athleticism, whether it was vital and a lot of really good weak side defense. You know, Jonathan Chamo Chetua, you have Flo like they, they have three guys that they kept throwing at him. Yeah. And I think Timmy at first was kind of like, 
almost just shocked that he couldn't get anything easy. Um, he ended up with a he had an okay game, but not his his typical game. And Baylor made every shot, but but to me the biggest thing, none of Gonzaga's guys could get by Baylor on the off the bounce, and and that's something they've been able to do all year. Even Kispert and the WCC can get by guys mm -hmm. put on the floor. Well, he couldn't do that uh, against Baylor, and and again Jalen Suggs was he was taken out of the game early with those two fouls. But even when he was back in the game, he couldn't get by Baylor's guys. He couldn't get by him. No, they uh, they they were everything that it, well, people like yourself that, that talked about. But they at twenty nine to ten, I'm going, oh my god! Yeah. Because the first thing I thought of, of course, was uh, UNLV Duke in nineteen ninety. Yeah, and we were on our way. We, they ne we never did get to thirty, but but we certainly got to a dominant twenty. <laughs> they were, and you know, at halftime, I'm sitting here thinking. Well, you know, it's conceivable. They got a pulse. They're coming, you know, they're, 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 they're they got it to 10. Like I, uh, yeah. And then, no, and then all it, they scored, you know, they, 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 they got it right up to 14. And I'm thinking, uh, the, the Kemi Mutombo commercial. No, 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 not, not today. No, no, no. And the, you're not, you're not winning. No, 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 no. You're not winning. We're, uh, we, we tease you a little bit to let it get down to 10, but oh no, that's it. And, yeah. It was, um, yeah. Never a game, Bob. I mean, no. a halftime was the only time when you were like, all right, maybe. Maybe yeah. if they come out of the gates and they make a couple threes and put some real game pressure on them. Instead, it went the other way. And uh, it was a formality. I mean, it, it was weird in, in the arena. I, I said this about the, the UCLA-Gonzaga game. One of the greatest games ever, right? One of the greatest games I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. But But what it was lacking, Bob, and why I wouldn't put it ahead of Obviously, Villanova, Carolina. Why well, I wouldn't put it ahead of, um, for me, Memphis, uh, Memphis, Kansas, when Chalmers hit the shot for Kansas. Why well, I wouldn't put it ahead of Luke May and Carolina beating Kentucky in the Elite Eight is because the atmosphere. The game itself measured up. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, like, I know people don't want to say it. People can't admit it, right? Like, it's like taboo to say, well, because of COVID, things weren't the same in that in that arena. Well, there were only 8,200 people. So part of what makes a great game, to me, watching it in person, is, is the crowd and the energy in the oh, arena. That wasn't no there for the UCLA-Gonzaga game, like I'm used to it being there for those other three games that I mentioned. So to me, while it was an all-timer, I, I don't think I'd put it in my top three because of, of frankly, because of that. Well, this discussion, of course, was is endless and, yeah. uh, and 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 irresolvable. One game that has not been mentioned enough in this discussion, when you consider the the whole background of it, and and the the, the sheer scope of what was going on, is Villanova Georgetown, yeah. because you know you have to understand people. Georgetown was at that point entered that game with an aura of invincibility. They had just wiped out St. John's for the third time after yeah. St. John's had beaten them once. To, to spoil their undefeated season, they they gave them the back of the hand three times, including in the semifinal game. And Villanova had entered the tournament uh, on the heels of getting beaten by thirty in, by Pitt in the in the Big East tournament. You know, and they had how many more losses? They had double digit losses. Ten, yeah, I think ten losses. I had seen them at BC blow a, a BC came from behind and beat them on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, and, and you know there was nothing. You know, uh, anyway. And 
and then of course they go out and they shoot 20 for 29, they shoot nine for 10 in the second half. You know, they do what they did uh, in the last game play without a clock. And you didn't even realize that they had only taken 10 shots a second. It didn't have that feel of, they weren't holding the balls. It's hard to explain, you had to be there. This is one of those you had to be there or see at games, you know? Okay, people don't remember that. That game's gotta be in any great, great discussion. I still hold up the best game I've ever seen is still Duke Kentucky. And, yeah. and the big difference, and, and, and the difference tiebreaker, if it, let's say there had been a crowd on, on Saturday after tiebreaker is that Duke was losing. Right. Right. Tie game is one thing. It's like, don't, you know, it's a big, there's a mountain of difference right. between right. Tie, a basket that breaks a tie and a basket that puts you you're trailing to win yep. a game at the buzzer. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so that, that's, that's a difference there. Um, I, before, I don't want to get there's so much we could talk about, but you, the experience. I want to hear. I want your summation of what you just experienced covering this tournament in this fashion. Yeah, I mean, it was so unique, Bob. I mean, listen, appreciative, grateful, all of it that we had a tournament. And I love the fact that it was Baylor Gonzaga in the in the title game because it was different, right? Like in a different year, in a unique year, you had a completely unique matchup. Um with two coaches that really liked each other and played pickleball doubles pickleball um, often <laughs> throughout the, throughout the, the bubble. Um, and, and you never would have thought that either of those teams, if you had said 15 years ago that they would have played for a national title game, we, we would have scoffed and laughed at it. So, you know, what both have done is absolutely remarkable. Um, the experience itself was interesting, Bob. I mean, three weeks I was there in Indianapolis and um it just it didn't have any feel as a city because you didn't have coaches coming in, number one. Normally, for me, my experience is generally like everywhere I walk, I'm talking to a coach. I'm talking to, to a fan, whatever. I'm going out at night with coaches. They have these kind of uh, parties, you know, whether it's Adidas running one, whether it's the Pump Brothers running. You know, like there's just always something, a function going on um, into the wee hours. None of that, obviously, because no coaches showed up. There was nobody. And even fans, Bob, you know, again, you had such a, a small um, number of fans that were allowed into these games. So, you know, you had a small contingent of Gonzaga fans that flew out, of, of Baylor fans, you know, maybe a thousand or so. Um, so they weren't, there was no feel in downtown Indianapolis like there usually is. Indianapolis is a great city when it hosts a big time event. This was not a big time event. So it was like normal day in, in downtown Indianapolis, which meant honestly, no different. Like you could walk down downtown Boston today. That's kind of what it looked like, even smaller, because downtown Indianapolis doesn't have nearly as much as Boston. They didn't have a lot of outdoor seating um, for, for dining. So uh, it was hard for us to even find spots to, to eat at, you know, and it's beautiful the last few days. But it was just, yeah, it was very different. So, you know, the one benefit for me was I was able to catch up on all the uh, the coaching changes, all those things, the transfer list, because I wasn't going out late at night every every night. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wasn't schmoozing with coaches. You know, I was on the phone doing it a lot. And obviously, I went to a ton of games. The benefit of it, Bob, the benefit was being able to go to four Sweet 16 games one day mm-hmm. or the next see every sweet 16 game yeah. you obviously can't do that no you can you can i've done it before where i've seen two in a day flown to two or driven to two in in a different spot the next day 
but never been able to see every Sweet 16 game like I was able to do every Elite Eight game. So that part was was fantastic. Uh, but again, I, I miss the the atmosphere. Um, and I, you know, I think I also feel bad for Baylor. They didn't have that. And Scott Drew and I talked about it before the tournament started, Bob, of, of Scott was going to allow me to be embedded with them. Mm-hmm. He had fully signed off on it. He was like, if, if you can clear it by the NCAA, um, come in the bubble. You can do everything with us, everything. And I was going to do it with Baylor because I really felt like Baylor was going to win it all. And uh, I ran it past David Warlock of the NCAA, and he said, no, we're, we, we can't. Even if you were one of the 34 tier ones that Baylor allotted, which Scott Drew wasn't going to make me one of the 34. He's got other people that have been with that program all year. I wouldn't have asked him to do that anyway. But um, Warlock said, even if even if you were one of the 34, even if you aren't one of the, like, no matter what, we're not going to clear you for that in the bubble, um, which sucked because again, Scott drew, I guess what I'm getting at is he wanted the experience for these players also to have media. You know, he, he, he felt like that, that is a part of the experience for these kids to be able to talk. And, and instead it's us doing zoom calls all year and, and throughout the NCAA tournament. It was just, it was all very different. Yeah. They didn't get the normal experience, but <laughs> they did get a chance to win a national title. And, and that was obviously very important. And we had, you know, every game except for one played in the NCAA tournament, VCU, the only team that was not able to uh, participate that was uh, picked to, to play in the NCAA tournament. So it, it ran better than I thought. I'm glad we got through it. Um, but there were certainly some teams that, that weren't exactly ecstatic at this season, namely uh, the Ivy League. You know, those teams that didn't yeah. even get a chance to play. They play at all. No, right. no. We did talk to Tommy earlier in the season. Uh, well, it, it's okay. It's um, the lid on. I want to, before we exit, well, the, the games, the, uh, I thought one of the most interesting developments of this postseason uh, was the, uh, ex- just the chatter about the women. Yeah. And, and all right, it starts with the, was it a TikTok that the 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 young the young lady posted? Yeah, that? I don't remember how. All right, but it, I started with that, and yeah. and all the and all the ramifications of that, and and I want to ask you what you think some of the ramifications would be. But here's an interesting thing I I um, I, I really find fascinating: the end of the UConn Baylor game, which okay. which was did did she get fouled or didn't she get fouled by by the two, and the whistle did not blow, and the game ended, and UConn won the game. Well, uh, I was involved in, in, you know, as in along with whom, who knows how many other people, in endless Twitter chatter about okay. the end of that game. And the, after a while, an hour later, hour into it, you know, and you're going back and forth, they got found no. And I say, I, my thing was it was debatable that in real time it was a tough call. Okay, people were posting pictures of a still photo. Okay, referees don't have a still photo, right. you know. Okay, and. Okay, so my, but I'm thinking, you know what? This is you know what's interesting here. All all we guys are arguing about this women's game, which was going on at the same time as an end of a men's game. Right. Oh yeah. And I'm thinking, I said, this is a milestone in a sense that that has meant that all we, these guys are arguing about this women's game. That's that's a, that's a milestone development. Yeah, I, I, I feel like Bob. Once it gets to the final four. The casual fan cares about the women's tournament. They, the casual fan cares about the men's tournament when it starts. 
I feel like they care about the women's tournament when it gets to the final four. Um, and again, the games were so good. They were so good in the final four and, and my alma mater, Arizona, uh, came up too short, which was sad because, uh, <laughs> their coach was awesome. I mean, like the point guard was terrific. Like they, they just, they had some, some fun personalities to them and, and came up just short, but, uh, amazing accomplishment, uh, by coach Barnes, um, for Arizona, but yeah, listen, you know, the whole weight room thing was just insane. I mean, it, it, it falls obviously on Mark Emmert's leadership, not on him specifically, obviously he probably had no idea, but more of you have to have the right people in place where this never happens. And, and, and that's the problem with Mark Emmert. We say that so many times about Mark Emmert. How much shit was kind of came down on Danny Gabbett in this regard? Does he, did he become, should he? I don't know. know. Yeah. I don't know if people hammered Dan Gabbett for this one, but again, you know, it's, it's hard because um, you just saw the, the, the video and the pictures and you were like, Oh my God. Like, so what do you think of the ramifications? Uh, what's all said and done between what the ramifications of it are going to be. Uh, very long lasting don't you think yeah i mean i think now obviously um people are going to be very aware going forward <laughs> of making sure there's equity among not just um weight rooms for was there an issue about covid testing too it was not there's some some issue about not not the same level of or, is that right i don't even know yeah I didn't. testing that's another thing that was shaken out crazy i think it's going to be uh i think there'll be long you know there should be there should be i mean again like again i, I just don't under i don't understand it at all um it, it makes no sense to me but uh you know to me we need new leadership for the ncaa we need mark, we need mark emmerich on and we need to bring somebody in who knows what the hell they're doing yeah i mean it, this is completely overdue but unfortunately the president's uh, back Mark Emmert, who was a former president. Um, and, and, and that's ultimately what it comes down to here. It's an, it's a good old boy network. And that's why Mark Emmert is still in power, even though he has no right to be in power and, um, something needs to change, should change, but it won't, but it won't because again, it's just, you know, good old boys taking care of other good old boys. This episode of the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn. 2021 is looking up. New beginnings means new opportunities to grow your business. And if part of your strategy is adding new members to your team, well, LinkedIn Jobs finds that right person very quickly. To make things better, your job post is absolutely free. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. And now you can post a job for free when you head over to LinkedIn.com slash scribe. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 722 million members worldwide. Getting started is easier than ever with new features to help you find qualified candidates quickly. Post a job with targeted screening questions and LinkedIn will quickly get your role in front of more qualified candidates. As functions are streamlined onto one simple screen and now you can do this from your mobile device. No matter where you are, no matter where the date takes you, that's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. And let's face it, a hell of a lot easier, right? When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. And now you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash scribe. Again, that's linkedin.com slash scribe to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Now let's get back to Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman. I don't know this. this the scrutiny, you know, you got congressional scrutiny uh, going. It, 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 There's a um, lot. 
There's a lot right now. All right. We've just had 1,500 wins retire. Uh, yeah. 1,500 plus wins have retired in the last week from the college basketball scene. And everybody's aware of Roy Williams and and, and, and his career. And I don't know what you want to add to that. Hubert Davis, what can you t- – was this a foregone conclusion? Yeah, kind of. I mean, they, they, they did their due diligence and reached out to, to Mark View's representatives and Tony Bennett and Jay Wright and Brad Stevens. But ultimately, like I said, like none of those guys are going anywhere. Mark View's staying at Gonzaga and Jay Wright's not leaving Villanova unless it's for like a really good NBA job. And Brad Stevens isn't going back to college anytime soon unless there's no other option for him. And Tony Bennett was the one I thought, all right, maybe, but he's happy in Charlottesville. So they turned it down. And yeah, it was pretty much, you know, they interviewed Wes Miller from UNC Greensboro, who I thought probably would have been a better hire. You know, he's 38 years old. He played there. Um, you know, Hubert, I don't know Hubert. Here's what I know of Hubert. He was obviously a great player at Carolina, played in the league for a long, long time, was on um, game day for, for ESPN, worked yeah, at Game Day. Yeah. But, play. Yeah, a lot of people describe him, Bob, as an introvert. Very, very quiet. Um, here's my, my issue. Here's my worry is – Carolina hasn't been great the last two years with Hubert on staff, with Roy Williams as a head coach. Are they going to be able to be great with Hubert as the head coach if he doesn't hire a great staff? And he's promoting Sean May, who was on that uh, the championship team back in 2005-1. Yeah. So they're going to move him up one. They're probably going to hire King Rice, former Carolina player, who's been yeah. a head coach at Monmouth uh, for the last 10 years. But the question is then, all right, did, are they just going to keep this in the family completely? And if they do, is it a strong enough staff? Like the one thing I'll say, Bob, is it's Carolina. Like my daughter could recruit to Carolina. Let's be honest. You know, it, it's not that hard. Carolina's the best, arguably the best job in the country. They're going to get good players. The only time they didn't get great players lately was when they were under that cloud, that academic fraud cloud. Yeah, yeah. That was the only time they couldn't get top 10 or 20 players. And they even got Frame's top 20 players then. Um, so they're going to be fine, but fine isn't good enough for Carolina. They want to win national titles. Oh, yeah. And can Hubert Davis do that? That's a big question mark for me is, um, and maybe he can, maybe he can. I, I just, you know, I think Roy, the biggest reason Roy left, Bob, he was just frustrated. He was frustrated <laughs> by today's kids. He was frustrated by the transfer portal and that, you know, when, I, when I've talked to him over the years, one of the things he's always been very pride, proud of is the fact that kids didn't transfer out of Carolina. The explanation he gave, uh, I'm not the right man for the job. I was yeah. the right man in Kansas. I was the right man and right. up to this point. I am no longer the right man for the job now. And we, we're free to interpret that. And I immediately said, you know, this transfer portal, portal world is just, uh, and he won't be the last one. No, I think Kay will be gone next year. I really do. I believe wouldn't shock me if Kay and Bayheim are a year away now because with name image likeness coming in and the transfer portal going crazy, this, you know, I bet right now it's about 1,100 scholarship players. That's almost it. When I, when you, I, when you first came up with that number, I mean, that's incomprehensible to me that, you know, uh, last year there were 900 total and we are at April 7th. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, we still got a few hundred. It's probably going to be double. I mean, it honestly might go from 900 to 1,800 this year. Now, again, you've got to include the fact that 
every kid had their year back. So now all those seniors are putting their name in the portal. There's probably 300 seniors in the portal. So it's a little bit skewed because of that. But ultimately, Roy Williams left because, frankly, he was frustrated. He, he you know, he had lost some of that desire because of everything that, that, that has happened lately. Um, the Ryan and Goodman podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, you know, Hubert Davis was the easy pick. He had been there nine years. And that was the biggest difference for me. Indiana fans are like, well, why didn't you kill the Hubert Davis pick like you killed the Mike Woodson one? And my biggest reason is, first of all, Hubert Davis is, I believe 50 years old. 50, 51, I think. Yeah. Mike Woodson's 63. Hubert Davis has been in college coaching for the better part of the last decade as an assistant coach. Mike Woodson has spent zero days as a college assistant coach or a head coach. Um, The other thing is Carolina's Carolina. Indiana's not. Indiana's not. It's a top 15, 20, 25 job right now in the country. Carolina's arguably one. You can make a case it's one, two, three, four but it's certainly in the top five. So Hubert Davis is going to be hard for him to screw it up. If Indiana didn't, doesn't hire the right staff and they've started to put it together. They kept a guy named Kenya Hunter. They brought back Dean Fife, who's been at Michigan state and they'll have one more, maybe Mike Lewis, who's a former Indiana player who's at UCLA as an assistant solid, you know, pretty good staff. So, so maybe they have a shot, but you know, the Mike Woodson one baffled me, Bob, the Hubert Davis one, Again, I probably would have went with Wes Miller in that in that regard, but I, I don't I don't hate it by any means. All right, Oklahoma, Lon yeah. Kruger. That's just first of all, reflection on Lon Kruger. Um, oh. Five five teams. Yep. Unbelievable um, human being, like the best human being you will meet in this business. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna miss Roy, but I'm gonna miss Lon more. I, I, I'll say that. Like Lon Kruger to me was like the salt of the earth human being. You'd find him 45 minutes before a game starts, Bob. He'd be sitting in the stands by himself, and fans would go up to him, and I'd go up to him, and he'd just be like, and and I asked him about it last week, and he said, well, it was better than the alternative, being stuck in the locker room. You know, at least I'm out there, and I'm talking to people, and what else am I doing at that point? You know, like, everything's done. Uh, Lon Kruger, again, one of the best people I've ever met doing this. And uh, college basketball is going to miss him. Great, great coach. Try the NBA a couple, couple different stints. Remember. And, um, you know, did a good job in the NBA, but was more suited for college and really did a great job um, at UNLV, at, at Oklahoma. Um, to, obviously, the, to the Final Four. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Beat a, a, a Boston College team to get there. Yep, that's right. Yeah, he. I mean, many places, but people don't remember, you know, that, that Lon Kruger was successful at. 
uh, years and years ago. But, you know, did a great job in his latest stand in Oklahoma. Um, how, good a job is for, how, good, how good a job is Oklahoma? Yeah, Porter Moser took the job from Illinois, Chicago. Um, you know why it's part of the reason it's a great job is because they have one of the best ADs in the country in Joe Castillo. He's awesome. So um, I, I think absolutely it's it's a job you you see within the Big 12. It's not Kansas, um, but they they they're it's a football. It was perfect for Lawn because he didn't want the attention. So it was perfect. He could be second fiddle. He didn't care. Um, you know, obviously it's a football school, but they're also very passionate about basketball. Oh, I, 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 that rivalry must be one of the best rivalries in America too, right? right? With, with the, with the Cowboys. Yep. It and, is. Uh, yeah. No, that I, I think of Oklahoma in, in terms of basketball. What do you think of? Who do you think of when you first think of Oklahoma? Who, 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 come on. Oh, I could, I don't know. I mean, out. For me, it's Wayman Tisdale. Okay. All right. Wayman Tisdale. I don't know. Just like the best, the best guy. Talk about, again, Lon Kruger being a great guy. Wayman Tisdale was, I interviewed him when I was like 16 years old, Bob. Called him up when he came into Boston. And uh, he he spent like a half an hour on the phone with me. Then when we got off the, the phone, he said, he's like, are you coming to the game tonight? I'm 16. I'm like, I'm like, no. And then I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, I am. My dad, I don't know, had tickets for that game. He's like, all right, after the game, um, I got some tennis shoes for you. I'm like, okay, sure. And I tell my dad and my dad's like, come on, there's no way he's not, he, no chance. So, you know, you remember where you'd stand outside Causeway street when the players would come out um, mm-hmm. years and years ago, they come out of that, that, that exit. And sure enough, I was standing there with my dad. Wayman Tisdale comes out. I introduced more. My dad probably introduced us. Who knows? And he pulls out right out of his bag, pulls out his sneakers, signs them, and gives them to me. And, uh, yeah, just a class, class guy. I met him several times later, um, including once in Norman. And, and just, yeah, yeah, the late Wayman Tisdale, one of the best. Um, so I, I do. I think it's a good job. I think Porter Moser will be good. He's a different personality. Then Kruger, he's high energy, did a phenomenal job the last four or five years at Loyola Chicago, and I think he'll keep that thing going. That's good. All right. Uh, so that, What did you think of Mike Woodson? What did you think of that hire, being a guy that, again, you follow the NBA, you follow college? Well, I mean, I know it, it, there's a lot of fond remembrance of, of he doesn't get enough credit in, outside of New York for the job he did with the Knicks. And he's the last decent team they had until – you know, right. was a Mike Woodson team didn't get enough credit. Uh, he was certain, I stick him as a pro guy. And, you know, as you said, there's this, uh, this idea that just because he's a, a storied alum, uh, you know, right. If he doesn't, if he doesn't find his Phil Martelli uh, uh, type, yeah. and that's not, it's got to have a, uh, that that's a must as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So I'm wishing well, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. It was a, it, it was a almost a knee jerk hire, I think, of, to, to have a somebody in the family. Yeah, I think it was all right. We'll shoot for the stars, right? We'll try for Brad Stevens, then we'll try for Chris Holtman. All right, and now we don't want to be embarrassed. You know, it's like that with Patrick Ewing a little bit. Georgetown tried for some other guys, and then it's like, oh no, if it gets out there publicly, mm-hmm. what do we look like? Instead of just saying like, let's get the best guy. We don't care what it looks like. Nobody's going to care how many guys we missed on at the end of the day. We got to get the right guy. And and I'm just not convinced that Mike Woodson 
is going to be the right guy in the long in the long term here, but we'll see. Um, what do you got going on now, Bob? What what? Um, you know, I'm doing a baseball book. That's one thing. But uh, yep. uh, you know, trying to um, now that the college season's over, I can pay more attention than I have been paying to the Celtics. Yep. You know, I'm well aware of the plight of the of the up and down. They are maddening, maddeningly, maddeningly inconsistent yeah. uh, for their fans. Uh, but they they can't get. Of course, look, it's not exclusive to them. The league, go down a list of teams. Find me a team that's that's been totally healthy, right. you know, that hasn't had a COVID problem, hasn't had a major injury. You know, uh, they're, they're hard to find, you know. And so you, it, everyone has that excuse. Um, but um, that, that's that. And it's baseball season, too, you know. And, and um, you know, we had this classic. Did you go to a game? Did you go to a game? I was supposed to go to opening day. Didn't go. It was postponed. And I could now, and and they always built in Friday, you know, the ex off as, and I couldn't go Friday. I was doing around the horn, I couldn't go. So I haven't gone to a game yet. The next homestand, I'll definitely. Go. Was it postponed because it rained, Bob? It was po- It was called the kind of weather uh, at nine in the morning. They decided it was going to be even if it had it was going to be miserable. It was going to yep. be damp. It was going to be forties oh, when they played on Friday. Game time temperature on open on this on the you know was thirty seven degrees. I, this is what, you know, it's New England, it's Northeast, it, it happens. I'll go to the next homestand and get involved, you know. And uh, but my, my, my daughter, who, who you know, has not all of a sudden the last couple of years has started to become into sports. Yes. Now, uh, since I've been gone three weeks ago, now is, is last night I got home and she's talking about uh, learning baseball now. So uh, I will take her to a baseball game. I think she will be bored silly. And that'll be the last baseball game she ever wants to go to. But I will do it um, once she gets her. her she's going to get vaccinated. Yeah, her first one. Soon. I hope you get lucky because uh, you know the game has changed and the, uh, the games are too long and it's too much. I love it. I still love it in person, Bob. Um, but I love it in person on a seventy degree day. You know, to me, again, I don't want to be sitting outside watching baseball when it's fifty degrees or forty degrees. I have no desire. I have no desire whatsoever. I, I love going to the ballpark and I miss covering baseball. But when it's it's that, you know, Sunday afternoon, 75 degrees. Oh, yeah. You, you know, like th- that's when it's it's it's, it's going to be an ordeal. You know, you know, that, that you know, I, you know, they, they remember the old days of candlestick. You know, they had the quad, the quad the candlestick. Yeah. And I mean, I got there once and it was a beautiful night. It was, I got lucky, you know, Did you? yeah, I got lucky. It was, uh, it was, it was really nice, but uh, no, you know, it, it's, it's, and, and the games are, you know, just check them out. I, 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 one of my morning rituals when I read the box scores is checking out time of game. And there, there haven't been too many games under three hours in baseball played yeah. thus far. Not That's too tough. many. No, you know, and, and, and I think you and I, I think we need to go to a Celtics game. Yeah. Well, right. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Let's, let's look, let's look at the schedule. And uh, I got my second shot today. Um, no, I'm vaccinated. So let, let, let's, let's check out the schedule here later in the month. And uh, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. And, you know, maybe we get a, uh, you know, go see a, a, like a Phoenix in a few weeks and see like Devin Booker or something like that. Um, <laughs> They're on well, some. Check it out. Right. They're on the road. They're on the road. A good, well, yeah, they're on the road a good amount. But we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. It's and uh, next week we'll get back to our our, our NBA heavy. Um, now with the college season over and Baylor winning the national title, we can close the books on uh, 
I'm sure there'll be some more news, but uh, for the most part on the college season. You know I, was, I just thought that, you know, I was disappointed. I was kidding with, with my friend, Charlie Pierce. The one name that I never heard anyone reference in terms of Baylor and, and, yeah. and maybe the greatest player ever, the microwave. Yeah. Johnson. No one, yeah. you know, I, and he never. was, I, I just said, I just want to, I just thought, Hey, let's, let's remember the microwave, but uh, they don't have a whole great basketball legacy. You know, they do not. Uh, but I'll tell you what, they may be starting one right now. If well, they can fun. keep this thing going, they might be starting one. So, all right, there you have it. Another edition of the Ryan and Goodman podcast in the books. We will see you next week. So make sure uh, you listen to your, to uh, the Ryan and Goodman pod, wherever you listen to your pods. And uh, again, thanks for joining us.